You start. When Terry and I got married May 10, 1969, we had so many things that looked like they were working against us. The doctor had told me for years that I'd never be able to have a baby at all, that I couldn't carry one. He said if by some slim chance you were ever to get pregnant, you'd have to spend the whole nine months in bed. But even at that, I doubt you could carry it. Well-meaning friends of the family and family members all said to Terry, You know Jackie can't have children. It's really a shame, too, the way she loves babies and has always wanted to have a houseful. We didn't know the word then like we do now, but Terry did know that God healed, and he knew some basics of the Bible from growing up in church. He knew we could pray and change things. Most of all, he knew God, and he knew God's word was always, and in every area, accurate. For all the years I've known him, his standard comment on any subject is, Who said? It makes a big difference who said it. What does God say? What does the Bible say? So he told me, I appreciate medical doctors and medical science. They've come a long way, and I hope they go farther. But they are not our source, our answer, our final authority. God says we can have children, and we'll have all the children we want. We didn't know the details or the methods or exactly how to make it work in those early days, but we knew the will of God was to have children. It was his idea. He thought up children. He ordered them in the Garden of Eden. We knew that we could, that we would, have babies. We prayed, and we were so excited to find out after we were married only a few months that I was expecting our first baby. Even though all the things I had been told about not being able to have babies were all so real in my mind, and of course had produced so many fears, I did have hope because we had prayed and asked God for children. Terry had just about convinced me it was possible, and I began to have faith in his faith that God would answer our prayer. When I was about eight weeks along, I started bleeding, and all the fears and doubts I had came back. Within a few hours, I lost the baby. Even though I was only a few weeks pregnant, that baby was as real to me as any baby I had ever seen. Any woman who has been pregnant knows what I'm talking about, too. Many times, men don't understand the trauma of a miscarriage because to them the baby is not a reality yet. They often try to comfort their wife with, It's okay, we will try again. And that doesn't comfort us because to a woman, that baby is a reality from conception. It affects mothers because it is not just a miscarriage, it is the loss of a child. And it takes a period of time to recover emotionally, just as it does with the loss of any loved one. Of course, the fears, anxieties, and everything terrible that everybody had told me still bombarded my mind. It looked like it was just impossible for us to ever have children. And to have children was the desire of my heart. I had no greater ambition, and still don't, than to be a wife and mother. I was convinced that that was the very best job I could ever have in the whole world. And you know what? It is. I've made the statement for years that to be Terry's wife and our four children's mother is the highest calling I could ever achieve. For a whole year, I cried each month when my period came because I wanted to be pregnant and I wasn't. Then Terry got drafted into the Army, and we moved 300 miles away from everyone we knew and everyone who knew us. That was very good for us. We were on our own. 
we spent serious time getting into the Word of God and building our faith. We decided to pray and ask God for a baby. We prayed and believed God that we would have a baby, and I got pregnant again. This time, we knew that we knew that we knew that we would have a baby.